We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Good morning, everybody. Whether you're joining us today um, online, we want to welcome you. If you're on one of our sites, so great to have you here. We're entering our last week of the series, Stress Less. And so I especially want to say to those like our brand new coming in or you just haven't been able to be here yet uh, for one of the parts of this, don't feel like you're coming in on the end of a movie. You're just kind of like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to follow what's going on. We'll catch you up right away with it. In fact, I'm hoping maybe even just to kind of whet your appetite to want to go back and to check online some of the other talks that have been done about this really, really important subject. The question that I want to start us out with today is, what would it be worth to you if you could actually stress less in your life? Now, if we look at the National Institute, American Institute for Stress, just the very fact that there is an American Institute of Stress stresses me out, doesn't it? Like, like yeah, we have got one of those. But the American Institute of Stress estimates that Stress is costing employers around $300 billion a year in stress impact on the employees and what then comes back to them as well. Like, wow. But the question isn't, even if you're an employer, what's stress costing you and your business? I want to know, what would it be worth to you if you could stress less. Don Goey has made this um, declaration, I think it's a very true declaration, that there's a new epidemic sweeping the world. And it's not a virus. You know, we hear a lot about the coronavirus right now coming out of China, and everybody's like, you know, like, what are we going to do about that? Much, 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 much bigger problem is this one of stress. Truth of the matter is, without knowing how to deal with it, Stress is impacting us. It's impacting us physical in a big way. CDC reports six leading causes of death in the world all have stress-related impact on them. It's one of the leading causes of death. But the most damaging, Don says, is this impact that stress keeps us from reaching our potential. I think each and every one of us in here Understand this. I understand that. Having gone through the last two, three years, I've mentioned this before, some of the greatest amounts of stress, anxiety, things I've never experienced before in my life, the physical impact, the mental, the emotional impact that was going on, I appreciate more than ever the practical help Jesus gives with regards to being able to help with this. If I was answering the question today, what would it be worth to me? What's it worth to me to stress less? I could tell you, it would be worth hundreds of dollars that will be saved at counselors. It'll be worth thousands of dollars of saved medical fees. When it comes to quality of life, my quality of life, greater peace, more happiness, greater joy, 
focus in my life. I actually think that term priceless really is a fair assessment of what it would be worth to me to stress less, which is why I'm as excited as I am to be able to share what it was or to take us to share what Jesus has said to us about this is how you may stress less in your life. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to take it right now. We're going to go over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew was one of Jesus' biographers. was also one of his close disciples. If you've got this on a phone, go ahead, grab it, pull it up. Hopefully you can take some notes on it. If you don't have a Bible, your Bible here with you, grab the Pew Bible, and you can go over to page 1381 with us, and you're going to find this passage that Jesus speaks to us out of. While you're turning there, if perchance you don't own a Bible, we'd like to just offer you the one that you've got in your hands right now as our gift to you, and then feel free to take a couple notes in it. In fact, there's a couple things that I'm going to encourage you to circle or to write in your Bibles this weekend. For sure, put a bookmark in here because we're going to want to come back to this over and over again. We're starting in verse number 25. And Jesus says this. <laughs> he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not... What's the word in the Bible? Do not worry. <laughs> we put up here, I tell you, do not stress. The reason that we're using the word stress in here is because the word that Jesus used, merimnao, it means that which causes anxiety. Some Bibles translate this worry because it does. Others will translate it stress. And I think that's very, very applicable to what it is we're doing and very in line with what it is that Jesus is talking about. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to encourage you right now. <coughs> excuse me. Would you write there above the worry? Excuse me. It just wouldn't swallow. <laughs> you know, like, just get it over with. If you'd write the word stress right beside the word worry, and we're going to insert that every time that we go through it, because that's what Jesus is speaking to here. So he says, therefore I tell you, do not stress about your life. And what he's saying is, I don't want you stuck in this roundabout or this cycle of stress that it wants to pull you into. It's not that you're not going to experience it. I don't want you stuck there. And so he continues. Therefore I tell you, do not stress about your life. What you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear, isn't life more than food, the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And Jesus says, are you not much more valuable than they? And he's just driving home this point that he'll say over and over again, you matter to God. Did you hear me? You matter to God. You are of value to God. God loves you you. Verse 27, can any one of you, by stressing at a single hour to your life, or can any one of you, by stressing, make things better? Answer yes or no would be what? And Jesus goes like, we know that's not going to help. He says, why do you worry or stress about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't spin or labor, yet I tell you that even Solomon in his splendor, 
wasn't dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, it may seem like Jesus is just kind of like digging, like uh, you have little, if you're a stressor, little faith. But what Jesus is saying is this, stress is going to reveal chinks in our armor, chinks in our faith. It may reveal gaps in which we're not trusting God. And he's like, understand that. Because if you don't understand it, you can't fix it. So do not stress, Jesus says, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the pagans, that is those that don't know God as children of his, the pagans stress after all these things. I want you to see this. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God knows what your needs are. God knows where you're at. God knows what you're going through. And then in verse 33 it says, So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, Jesus says, Do not stress about tomorrow, for tomorrow will stress about itself. Each day has enough trouble or enough problems of its own. And all God's people said, yeah, yeah right? I mean, like, we know each day has its own problems. Like, and it's so easy to start stressing about tomorrow when he said, rather, I want you just to be able to do something about that today. Now, if you keep your Bibles open there, we're going to look back in just a second. But I'm so glad that in verse 25, Jesus didn't say, therefore, I tell you, thou shalt not stress. End of, you know, like, end of the conversation. And if you do, you're just, you know, a faith failure that way. Didn't say that at all. In fact, he takes us from 25 back to 30, um, 34, right? From therefore to therefore with opening up, let me help you with that which can have such a negative impact on your life. And Jesus took it right to where his listeners were at. He took the three greatest stressors of their day, food, Water, clothing, all legitimate for them. Every one of them had due cause to be concerned about those things because they weren't guaranteed for tomorrow. They're not our major stressors, but they were then. Today, we look at seven of our top stressors. These are the things that Jesus, if he was here teaching today, he'd say, let me talk to you about these things. And he'd just start to go through them. He'd say, when you look into the mirror, these things that you self-impose upon yourself, the fear of letting other people down. What do other people think about me? And we start stressing about those, about those matters, don't we? It could be that for us, we're in the, the financial stresses of life. And I could just say this. Either you have stressed about money, you are stressing about money, or you will stress about money. Right? I mean, like, this is just something that is going to get into our lives together. Keep a running inventory of these as we're going through them. The album reminds us of family. Last week, we just were like, stress and family, right? <laughs> hand in hand together. But that's true of friendship. That's true of all relationships. That they come with factors of stress that could go into them. Almost everyone here either is working, has a job, or you're in school. And with that, you've got these pressures. I mean, this week, there are going to be stressors at school. 
there's going to be stressors at work. We think about the things that we're striving for, the things that we want to accomplish in our life. That can bring stress. The fear of failure or failure itself, that can be huge in that stressor. Time, it's almost like you don't have to say anything more, right? He's just like, I just, I'm being squeezed. I'm like stressed. I just don't have the time to do everything that I want to do. It may be one of the great, um, the great pressures of today that we're still trying to figure out in the prioritization because there's so many time pressures that are getting put upon us. When we talk about health, here's the deal. Some would go, I don't get it. Why do you say health is one of the top seven stressors? And the reason you ask the question is because for you it's not. And health won't be a stressor for you until it is. But when you hear cancer, just the word, right? You feel it. MS. ALS. You get a message from your doctor that says, call me as soon as possible. What do you immediately begin thinking? My doctor just wants to talk to me and ask me if I'm having a good day, right? <laughs> change. It can be change at work, change of location. It could be a move. It can be change in your family. It can be change in marital status. I mean, change itself brings that stress. It can have so many different anxiety factors that come with it. As we go through these seven, I want to ask you, here, campus, online, any of our sites, how many would say that you've got one of these stressors currently in your life? I mean, you're feeling stress from one of the seven today. Can I just see your hands? One of the seven. Okay. I'm going to say, actually, I would be at, I've got either two or three of these that are active in my life right now. Maybe two or three? Oh. How many would have more, three or more? Yeah, just reach over and pray for anybody that had their hand out, right? Like, that's, that's a lot of stress. But it's real. I mean, this is not like theoretical. This is us. To which Jesus then takes us back and says, I do not want you stuck and living in this stress roundabout or this stress cycle. And we can read about stress. And some of the things that we read may be very helpful. And we can take them to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, um, with the stress that I'm in right now, would controlled breathing help me? And you know what Jesus would say to you? Yeah, that'd help. What about meditation? He'd say, I did it all the time. How about, you know, just making sure that I get enough sleep? Jesus is like, you got to do that. Margin? Yes. What about a stress ball? Jesus is like, sure. And all the different helps. Laughter. You know, just having some joy in our life. Jesus could quote scripture for us on that. But what he'd remind us is those things are helpful in managing stress, like Tylenol is helpful in managing a stress-induced headache. But don't confuse that which helps us to manage, which is that which helps us actually get us out of the cycle. 
to rescue, to change our life that way. And that's what Jesus wanted to speak to. And he did. Verse 33 is his extremely practical help for us. Let's read it together. Everybody, I've got it up on the screen. He said, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. When you're stressing, here's what I want you to do. He said, when you're stressing, I want you to, he said, seek first. That means I want you to prioritize. I want you to be intentional. I mean, I want you to get this right out in front. It goes, when you're stressing, first thing, he said, next, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, at this point, we go, um, okay, what is that, Jesus? If someone were to ask you, what is his kingdom and his righteousness, what are you going to tell them? Right? I mean, it's like, well, it's kind of, and then it's sort of, and like, you know, you know, right? It's up, it's, it, you know, it's up there, or it's out there, or it's like, you know what, Jesus, I really don't know what you're talking about right now. And that's hard if you're saying like, hey, this is practical help. I'm like, no, but now I'm lost. And the reason we could be a little bit lost or confused is because we're getting in on a back half of a conversation, and we just got to remember what he already said. If your Bible's open, I think this is like really helpful just to be able to let your eyes just move back a few verses. So we started at verse 25, but if you just let your eyes glide back to verse 9, same group he's just talking to, because this part sets up the next part. Jesus said to them, now, this is how you should pray. So he said, when you pray, this is how you should pray. Then he said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Is anybody recognizing this? Some of you have heard this before. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He said, want to read it with me? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the kingdom of God is synonymous with the will of God. The kingdom of God in heaven is the place where God, where the kingdom of heaven is the place where what God wants done is being done. That's what I meant to say. The kingdom of God or the will of God in our life is what God wants done for us is being done. Jesus has said the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is within you. That is the place where what God wants done is being done. And when what God wants done is being done in us, and if it's being done by a number of us, all of a sudden this kingdom of God begins to manifest itself or people can begin to see this is what it looks like when God is at work in a person's life. This is what it looks like when God is at work in a community. This is what it looks like they're seeing kingdom of God through the will of God. So Jesus said, when you're stressing, the first thing I want you to do, I just want you to focus on what is it that God's will is for you or God wants you to do right now. Now here's where we can kind of like go off a little bit. We begin to obsess or stress. Think about that. We begin to stress about God's will. Like, I don't know what God's will is for me. Like, I don't know what God's will is for me to do the rest of my life. I don't know what God's will is to do next year. And God's like, I don't expect you to. And rather than obsessing on what you don't know about God's will yet, Jesus would just say, just focus 
on what you do know. And for most of us, we know a lot more of God's will than at first would come to our minds. For example, if you're married, do you know what God's will is for you? It's to love your spouse. If you have been offended, do you know what God's will is for you? It's to be willing to forgive. If you've been blessed, do you know what God's will is for you? Be a blessing to someone else. If you have a phone, do you know what God's will is for you? Download you version. <laughs> right? Kinda. We all want a word from God each day, right? And what we've done here, we've downloaded it. We say, let's all together you get the verse of the day that's delivered to us. If you've got any questions about that, you know, let us know out at the Welcome Center. And we'll help you to get that in there. But I think you understand that we, there's a lot of things about God's will that we do know. So why is it that we don't? Why is it that we won't do what Jesus said, here's what we need to do? I think it comes back to three things. There may be more. There's probably more, but think through these three with me. Why wouldn't a person do what they knew Jesus wanted to do, this seek first the kingdom of God, his, God's will? One, it may be simply because Jesus isn't yet Lord in our lives. Now, you may have received Jesus as your Savior, which means you've come to the realization Jesus has done everything necessary for me to have forgiveness and restored relationship with God. His death on the cross, his resurrection, him showing himself powerful that way. And I've trusted him. I mean, you have sincerely come to Jesus and asked him for that grace and forgiveness in your life. And he's given it to you. If you haven't done it yet, I can tell you that what Jesus wants more than anything for you is for you to experience that. For you to receive that gift of life and grace from God in your life. To not have it. I mean, there really is a lot of reasons to stress. But if you have, you're convinced Jesus is the risen Lord. And I'll take him as my savior, but the whole Lord or life manager, like, eh, I'm not sure I want to do that yet. Which is kind of like, think about this, it's kind of like being married but not living married. Think what it would be like to be married but not live like it. I'm not necessarily saying, you know, so you get married and then you just sleep around. I'm not saying that. Like, I am saying that, right? Yeah, don't do that, right? Don't do that. For sure. I am saying, if you get married, but then you spend your time like you're not married, if you get married and you don't invest anything in that relationship, if you get married, but you spend your money like you're not married, what kind of relationship do you end up with? What kind of marriage you got? Well, you've got it in name, but you sure don't have it in practice, and it would not be something that would be happy or fulfilling for either one, right? But it's so easy to treat like, I got Jesus as my Savior, but uh, I don't know if I want to live my life that way. Another reason, and I think this, this one is so easy to slip into, it's because we begin to trust our emotions more than we're trusting God for the decisions that we're making or, or the stress things that are going on in our lives. Now, here's where we get into an issue. Emotions are powerful. Every one of us have them, even men. <laughs> and we can be driven by them. 
Now, if you're depressed, what kind of decisions are you going to make with regards to stress? If you're depressed, your stress is bigger or smaller? It's like way bigger, right? Because here's the problem. When I am down, I see life worse than what it actually is. It's a trap, but it's true. And the opposite's true. And this is, this is where it gets me more often. When I'm up, you know, if I'm emotionally up, I see life as better than it actually is. I'm not seeing it clearly. Which is why when we begin to make tomorrow's decisions based on today's emotions, we've got a formula to, say it with me, stress. Yeah. And that's what we've got to guard ourselves up. Actually, somebody come up and say, I already took a screenshot of this. I am putting it on my cubicle at work. They didn't tell me if they're putting it there for themselves or for somebody else. But I think they realize that this is, the, this is the trap. So it could be, I've got Jesus as Savior, but I'm not, I just haven't trusted him as Lord yet. Could be, I'm just living you know, by my emotions. Or it could be, I'm not doing what Jesus wants me to. Because I'm just not sure if I can trust God with my future. Now that's a, that's a pretty bold statement, right, for church? I can't trust God yet with my future. It's kind of like saying, I can't trust God with my happiness. I'm not trusting in God yet for the things that I think are really going to satisfy me or make me what I want to be in my life. We began talking about that, if you happen to be with us in week two, just a summary of that. Deuteronomy chapter one says this. It reminds us that God's in control, but we have a role. God brought the nation of Israel out of captivity in Egypt, through the wilderness, miraculously, up to what he called the promised land. So they all got there, and there was this big sign, welcome to the promised land, right? But they knew, because they'd sent people in, this is going to be hard. There's giants in the land. They're going to come after us. And they made the decision that they weren't going to go in because of the obstacles and the problems that were there. They were bigger than what they were going to be able to deal with. So they turned back to the wilderness. Forty years later, Deuteronomy said, you had the next generation that was there. They also had experienced God. No question about it. They'd experienced God, his provision. They came up, same place. Welcome to the promised land. That was a sign. Same giants were there. They were looking down at him going like, come on in here, buddy. We dare you. Yet these people, they went and they said, God, we're going to trust you. The, the whole, we don't understand how it's going to work, but we're going to trust you. And they went in and they experienced all that God had promised that he would do in their lives. God had always been in control, but they had a role. There was God's part and their, their part. First, first group, we're not going to do our part because we're not sure that God's going to be able to deliver. Second group, we're going to do our part. And the difference was all the difference in the world. What the second group learned, what the second group acted on is what we need to act on today. I hope if, if you take nothing else away this weekend, I hope you take this away. That I need to trust, I need to be able to trust today in the God who was faithful yesterday. Would you say that once with me? Trust today in the God who was faithful yesterday. We heard about Jay. We heard about Rebecca. 
Lori talks about how she began learning this as well. I'll let her tell you. Hi, my name is Lori. I just wanted to give you my story on how I trusted in God. I, not too long ago, had a job where it was, it was taking my soul away. I couldn't handle it. It was a hostile work environment. Um, the people were just terrible people to work for. And I would leave work bawling my eyes out, not being able to handle it every single day. There was one point in which I had to call my husband in the middle of a shift and ask, can I quit? Because I can't do this anymore. The way they're breaking the rules and, and all this stuff, it was just terrible place to be. And we looked at our finances and of course that wasn't an option. So I prayed to God. I said, please give me the strength every single time I have to walk in this office. And please give me, show me a way that I can break free from this. It was taking everything from me. I didn't want to work out anymore and it's something that I love to do. And it was creating family. I was missing out on family time. But then something happened. 7.45 in the morning, my phone rang and it never, never rings at that hour. And I was getting my kids ready for school and it was an amazing job opportunity. Out of the blue, they ended up finding my resume and I knew my prayers were answered at that moment. It's amazing. I was so incredibly thankful. And my husband told me the next day that he had been praying for the same thing. And he actually prayed on the way to work the next day, giving thanks. And he ended up telling me that he was crying because it was so, that the prayers were answered. Hey, let's say thanks to Jay, Rebecca, and Lori for their, they're just kind of helping us to understand that here's how they learned that they could trust today in God who has now been faithful in their lives. And if I ask you, do you have an anchor? Is there something that God had done in your life at some point that showed you that he can be trusted? Let me just ask you that today. How many of you say, there's been something in my life that I saw that God is faithful and can be trusted? Can I just hand like, I want you to remember that. I, mean, I could talk about, again, you know, I'm, I'm in Africa, I'm being surrounded by these baboons, you know, they're showing their teeth, and yet God was faithful. God delivered me there, and I've recognized I can trust him today in the one who has been faithful yesterday as well. So with stressless, we take four weeks. What can we carry away and what can we put into our pocket, so to speak? What can we help people with? So if, you're not, if you haven't taken any notes, the whole series, I just encourage you, grab a piece of paper real quickly. Let me give you three things that will kind of give us the whole summary of some very, very practical help when you find stress getting hold of you in your life. Number one, write down the word identify. We've used this phrase, what's at the end of your rope? Because... Stress doesn't come from nowhere. Stress is always connected to something. If it's any one of these up here, once we find out what it is that we're stressing over, then we are going to be able to identify what's God's part and what's my part in that. Number two, 
remember. One, identify. Two, remember. Remember, God's in control, but I have a role. God has a part, I have a part. God says, I know what your needs are. I know what you need. I know what you're going through. Will you do what I'm asking you to do? Jesus adds to that. His words are this, remember me. We often use them in communion, but they're so much bigger than that. Jesus said, I want you to remember who I am. I want you to remember what I've done. I want you to remember that I am the resurrected one. I want you to remember that I sit at the right hand of God Almighty right now interceding for you. And what it is you're going through, I want you to remember me, that I am with you and that I put myself into literally the place of great stress on the cross to be able to help you with the stress that you are going through in your life right now. Because I don't want you to be impacted with all the negative things that I know that it can and will do to you. So we identify, we remember, and then number three, we take action. Jesus said, I want you now to seek first the kingdom of God. I want you to do what you know it's God's will for you to do right now. What's your part? Just do that one thing that he wants you to do. And if you will, then you'll begin to see God do what he's promised to do in your life. So we close in prayer. Our prayer this weekend, as we tie it all up, first of all, if I haven't yet trusted Jesus as my savior, his great desire for you is to come to him and to receive what he has done on the cross and in his resurrection for you personally. That was his part. Our part, we need to receive. We need to trust. For everyone that has, I just want to ask you, since you have Jesus as your Savior, do you have him as your Lord? Are you trusting today in the God who was faithful yesterday? Have you lost sight now we're out of focus. And it may be with these things, it's like, God, this is hard. It is affecting me. But I'm going to choose to trust you today because you've shown that you can be faithful. And if you haven't experienced yet, one of the reasons he wants you to read is because over and over and over again, he'll remind you and show you that he will be, has been, and will be faithful. Would you join me in this prayer? Thank you, God, that you meet us where we are and you help us with what we need. For those that are here today, Jesus, and they are ready to receive you as Savior and in a repentance of their sin to ask you for your forgiveness and for new life that you bring spiritually and in relationship with God. If that's your prayer, that's your desire. I want you to just right now, just lift a hand saying, Guy, today is the day that I am receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior. Haven't done it before. I'm doing it today for the very first time. Just lift it up and wave at me for a little bit. Sometimes, yeah, thanks. Others, sure, yeah. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus, for your saving grace. And for those of us now that call ourselves children of God, 
Father, we confess areas we haven't put you first, we haven't trusted you. By your grace, we ask for forgiveness and to live that which you have put into our heart today. Our commitments to do that, to seek first your kingdom, your will, and trust you to work as a result of that. If that's your prayer, just tell him. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.